Hi, it's Josephine Lane Cuba here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager, and mentor. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Bryce Conlon, all the way from USA, Chicago. He is the co-founder at Dance Motion Marketing and a serial entrepreneur. Now, Bryce has been absolutely fantastic as he shares his insights on student attraction, marketing techniques, how to really grow your business and from all different levels and phases too, which is what's most exciting about this conversation. Because we don't just talk about, we talk about, you know, starting ground up. Absolutely. He even shares a story of how he helped someone with seven students grow to really maximize their local market and uh, build a thriving business, but also how he's equally helped studios with hundreds of students grow as well. So this is a really interesting conversation. And you'll find that there are some key elements that you can apply to your studio business as well. He's super fun. Okay. I've kept him up late at night because um, <laughs> of our time zone difference. And he was totally fine with that. Um, apparently he is known to enjoy a good whiskey, ice cream and writing bios in third person. Super fun, super interesting guy. You're going to love it. I bumped into Bryce actually at the Dance Teacher Expo in Sydney, which I attended recently. Uh, we have met before. I was actually a guest on his podcast some time ago. Uh, and now, like when I bumped into him in person, because I never met him live, it was only ever on Zoom. I met him in person. I was like, oh my goodness too much fun, watched their presentation, um, him and his business partner, Christian. And I thought, yeah, I got to get them on my show. So you're in for a treat. Enjoy. And uh, yeah, let's let's uncover a little bit more about Bryce and dance motion marketing and how you can really grow your business through great marketing as well. Let's do it. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Are you a studio owner who has ever thought or dreamt about providing professional opportunities for your students in film, television, theatre, and commercial? then I have the solution for you. And it's easier than you think with my signature course, Talent Manager Bootcamp. This course is designed to take you from studio owner to talent manager in eight weeks by providing you with the industry insights and theoretical and practical knowledge you need to create your own in-house talent management service so you can provide these amazing opportunities for your students on screen and on stage. 
The best part is that this service can be 100% inclusive because you don't need experience to have commercial work. You just need a bit of confidence and the desire to do it. Of course, then it leads into those bigger roles and bigger opportunities where those extra skills are needed. But who better to know the skills of your students and their potential than you? because you've nurtured them. You've brought them up from baby beginnings through to their older yonder years, and you know the talent that they have within them. And who better to unlock that potential than you? You are the best talent manager that they could ever have. You just don't know it yet. So why not jump on my wait list for Talent Manager Bootcamp? Doors are opening at the end of May 2023. Jump on the wait list now. That's josephinelanecuba.com forward slash TMB and the link is in the show notes. You can find out more information there as well on the page and hopefully I'll see you on the wait list. My wait list people receive benefits and early access. So if you want to be on that list and not miss that announcement and also get those goodies and benefits, jump on now, click the link and see you there. That's Talent Manager Bootcamp. Bye. Hello, we've got Bryce here from Dance Motion Marketing. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Now you might be, are you tired? Because I actually saw you just last week at the Dance Teacher Expo in Sydney, Australia, which is a major, you know, dance event for studio owners and teachers. Um, So when did you get back to the States? Yep. So we got back, it would have been uh, Tuesday morning. I got home back to my house Tuesday evening. So I've had a few days to recover, Yeah. Uh, but it is a long trip. There yeah. is no two ways about it. Yeah. Like it's a good 20 plus hours in the air, isn't it? Yeah. With Well, with layovers and everything else, and that's really what you have to factor. It was almost 30 for me. So wow. door to door. So wow. it was, Whereabouts it was, in the States are you? I'm based out of Chicago. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for coming to Australia. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You have a beautiful country. I only saw this much of it, but what I saw, just the people, the culture, the hospitality, the food, the number of restaurants we found, like, down at the end of alleys in Sydney was stunning. Like, we don't do that here in the States. Uh, And so... It was quite an experience. And I told Christian, my business partner at Dance Motion Marketing, that I could very easily live in Sydney and maybe someday I will. So yeah, okay, um, fingers cool. crossed and we'll what see. What was your favorite thing? Like what was your favorite thing or experience while you were here? To be completely honest, we only, because we were there for work, we were there for the conference and it was go, go, go from the time we stepped off the plane to basically the time we left. But we did take the Monday after the conference to just hang out. Uh, and so we went over to Bondi Beach, which was like incredible and beautiful. Uh, and then we, we, is that, what's the eye, the eye tower in Sydney there up at the top? We got lunch up at the oh, top yeah. of, uh, of that. And then a point up- tower. That's well, I call it Centerpoint. They, they change the name sometimes depending on who the sponsor is. <laughs> oh, well, it's the terrible, tall pointy one. But it's the big tall point. Yeah, Centerpoint Tower. That's like our iconic tallest tower. 
Yeah. So we did lunch up there, which was awesome. And but honestly, my highlight. Did you do the rotating was, restaurant where? We did. You did. Oh yeah, you did that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We did. <laughs> but my highlight, truthfully, was just sitting at uh, the opera bar, uh, right yes. on the harbor there, and we we poached a table and we probably sat there for four or five hours and watched the sun go down and just it was amazing. It really, yeah. really was incredible. Yeah. Sometimes when you travel too, like even if it's work, if you get those little quick moments. Sometimes I find just like that whole people watching experience, like just being amongst it. Like you said, sitting there for four to five hours, seeing what the vibe is. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you guys made it down. Like you said, your business partner, Christian, was here as well. So that was really, really cool. Um, now, you do have a marketing business in the States and, and the service that you provide is specifically to dance studio owners. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. We only work with one kind of business and it's dance studios. So if you're a dance studio owner, you're our jam. And if you're any other kind of business, love you, wish you the best, but you're not our cup of tea right now. Can I ask you why that is? I find that really interesting because I'm just trying to think about it. Uh, and I really thought about it and I don't actually know of other marketing companies that specialize in the dance industry. And I find that to be very niche. Why have you gone down the path of dance and, and studio ownership? Well, how we got into dance is a whole other story unto itself. But the reason that I think we've made the decision, and I say I think we made the decision because it wasn't like an active sit down, let's just be the dance marketing company. Like it was never that clear. Uh, as a, of a decision. But we, what we did find is, because originally we had a whole bunch of other names that we were kicking around before we landed on Dance Motion Marketing. Mm -hmm. And what we learned very, very quickly is that marketing for dance studios is fundamentally different than marketing virtually any other kind of service. Now, there are some analogs to other kids recreational programs, yes. soccer, karate, taekwondo, uh, gymnastics, right? There's there's similarities, but truthfully, nothing is quite like dance. It's a double sell, meaning you have to sell to mom, but the child your customer is actually a child, so there's a double sell inherently. It's uh, uh, considered in many cases a luxury. So it's the first thing to go when dollars get tight. Yes. And uh, it's one of those things that it's really difficult unless you've been in it and you've been the beneficiary of an education in dance and you felt your confidence bloom and you felt your coordination um, improve and you've learned how to work as a team and you've learned the social the sociability that comes from being in a dance studio you don't really understand all of the intangible, non-quantifiable benefits of a dance education. And so that's what we've learned is that it is such an interesting market to sell into. And it was never our intention to just be like the dance guys. I'm not a dancer. My business partner is I was going to ask you, do you guys, like, are you dancers? We're not. I mean, well, I don't know. I've got a few, I've got a few videos uh, of Christian <laughs> dancing. I'm sure he's got some of me dancing, but it would not be considered good by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Uh, fun, but not necessarily good. But I no, do, we're not dancing. I know you said it's a whole story within itself, but if you had to nutshell it, like why dance? Like what actually got you there? Because I find that to be the most interesting. If you're not sure. dancing yourselves, like I don't know. 
Yeah, so we both started in filmmaking. We were commercial filmmakers, to be mm -hmm. honest, and that's what we did. Uh, I worked in my business. We didn't work together. We just did it separately, and that's how we met. I worked with uh, big businesses here in the States, you know, household brand names. And uh, Christian, my business partner, was working with smaller businesses. That's what, who he enjoyed working with. And uh, we started chatting and kind of talking and getting more into each other's world. We liked being around each other and I liked his vibe. He liked mine. So we knew that we were going to try to find something to work on together. Mm. And ultimately, uh, the pandemic rolled around and I had a little bit of time to do a whole lot of nothing. And um, when I, I called him up one day and said, Hey, like, what are you working on? And he goes, Oh, I'm working on this, you know, this video for a dance studio and they didn't do anything with it. So now I'm trying to you know, like, do their marketing to see if we can, you know, get more people to see this video. Cause I worked hard on it. I want people to see my video. I'm like, okay, I want nothing to do with that. Like, that's not my, that's not my scene. And I started asking him, like, well, how'd you find a dance studio? And he's like, well, after I did my the first, the last project for that other dance studio, I'm like, wait, there's more than one? Like, how many dance studios are you working with? And he was at the point where he was getting ready to give up on it. And uh, as we started kind of sitting with this idea of, well, who are who are these studio owners? Like, what are they going through in their their businesses? And then we started hearing these stories again and again. And bottom line here is that there are a lot of, unfortunately, very predatory individuals and companies that prey on, at least here in the States, I assume globally, um, kind of the lack of knowledge of studio owners, right? Who grew up in this, you know, in their generation, you put a ad in the newspaper and students come and it's not like that anymore. And so we found more than once that these studio owners were getting taken advantage of and straight ripped off by some of these predatory practices. And frankly, we kind of got angry about I kind of get angry about it. And I said, we've got to put a stop to this. And that <laughs> began the journey. And it sounds self-righteous and ridiculous. And it is. But that's that was the beginnings. Amazing. I love that. And yeah, and COVID was obviously a very challenging time. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting that Christian was working with these studios and then maybe developed an interest in that. And I love that. Um, do you see what's the main fundamental difference when it comes to marketing a studio owner, studio business rather, versus any other business really? So in most cases, your viewer is your customer, meaning if I'm Starbucks and I'm selling cups of coffee, my advertising is going towards grown-ups and I guess teenagers who are ultimately themselves going to come in, buy the coffee, consume the coffee themselves. Mm. In the dance business, that's not the case. And so you've got to sell both mom and then the child. And I say mom because 90% of the time yeah, it's totally. mom. Um, but basically the parents and the child together. And so they have different needs. They have different interests. They have different desires in really yeah. starting to quickly uh, and in a systematic way, understand what are those desires so that then you can put messaging in front of them that's going to resonate is a unique challenge that we have not seen. I've worked in marketing my entire career. Yeah. I've sold all kinds of things. I have never in my life seen such nuance as what we see in the dance business. It is yeah. just otherworldly. Yeah, 
Totally. And I love that because I actually teach that a lot to my coaching clients in the sense that you actually have two clients. You have the parent and the child. And so there are two hurdles and there are two different experiences that you have to provide as a, like as a service provider as well. So I actually uh, totally agree with you there that you are marketing to two different clients within the one family to make this one sale. So, you know, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I jumped into your presentation at Dance Teacher Expo, by the way, and I had a had a little look-see. I didn't go to the two days I couldn't because I was flying from one expo in Melbourne to another in Sydney and I was just, I was just all over the place, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and I did see day two and I actually really liked that you guys were doing a bit of an interactive session on day two. So you were getting student owners to sh- basically show their um, online presence on screen in a presentation uh, and like live talking it out, basically. I don't know the word for it. You probably can describe it better than I can. Um, so congratulations. That was really cool and very engaging. Uh, I also noticed that Christian got some airtime on Australian television. Did you guys see that? He did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> channel 7. That's our that's our Australian our Australian channel now. Yeah. That's where we get our news. Yeah, for sure. How was that? How did that feel when you guys saw that? That must be cool. <laughs> you know, it was funny because we walked in and uh, our phones did not, our, you know, we're based in the U.S. Our U.S. phones did not work in Australia. I don't know. Oh, like, really? We didn't, we didn't, yeah, we didn't think about it and just kind of showed up and we're like, it'll work. Like, everything's global now. And we got here, like, there was no service. And so we kind of sauntered in to the, uh, the, the expo hall at the ICC and, uh, Amanda Barr from uh, Amanda Barr from the Expo, Beck from the Expo, Nathan Barr, uh, Tim Fisick. Like, there were like five people. Kara, I don't know Kara's last name. Kara came running over, and they all came like bombarding us. And they were like, "Good, you're here. We've left you like so many messages and so many phone calls." We're like, "Oh, we didn't get we didn't get any of them. What's <laughs> going on?" Like thinking something really bad has happened, and basically the news wanted. Uh, somebody international and we were the token international oh my you know, god that, that the token international so. kid but we weren't even like i wasn't even through my first cup of caffeine at that point i was like christian go do it i can't even think straight i'll, I'll make us look bad and he and he killed it i don't know how but he killed it i early thought it was morning. great i thought it was he, he did awesome yeah yeah that was really fun um you know you say you've you've come from america you've come to australia do you service other countries as well or is it just predominantly your clients are based in those two areas so honestly we're we're just getting started Mm. uh it took us it took us a while just to find our business model that worked that was affordable for studios uh because again it's it's a luxury business. It's the first thing to cut when dollars get tight. And we understand that not to mention the seasonality of it, depending on where in the world you are. And also business owners in this industry who sometimes give away too much and aren't as as they should be. Um, So yes, absolutely. Being being an affordable marketing service is, is really key. So yeah, continue, continue. So it took all that to say, it took us a really long time to kind of nail down who it is that we serve. Uh, We are predominantly here in the States just because 
by virtue of the fact this is where we live. We do work with a good number of studios in Canada, uh, Australia, being with you guys at the DTE, that was a big first push for us. And we do have a rather large cohort of Australian studios that we're now working with. So I may get to come back sooner than later, which would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're just getting started. You know, we're putting threads out into the UK. We're putting threads out into Southeast Asia uh, to figure out South Africa, just to start to figure out where we are because the principles of what make great marketing work doesn't change. It's just the tiny details. And so yeah. that we can sort out and that we can get working. It really is just the broadly, it's it's not going to change whether you're in the US or Canada or in Australia. It, does, it just doesn't matter that much. That's what I was going to actually ask you. I mean, so if you're, and, and I wanted to get clear on who you serve. So if you're predominantly at the moment, and I know you're looking to expand, but at the moment, if you're serving, you know, um, USA clients, Australian clients predominantly, what are you noticing is the biggest difference? Like, is there a different um, focal point? Like, are the conversations different that you're having? Like, are the marketing strategies different? Like, what is the core difference you're seeing between them? Yeah, so I think the clearest example I can give right now is between the US and Australia, just because mm. uh, it's substantial and it really is based on the calendar year. So here in the United States, our school year starts, couldn't tell you why, in September and runs through about May. In Australia, it starts in January and runs through December, right? And so the seasonality of and it doesn't seem like it would be that big a difference because just 12 months, it just starts at a different time. But religious holidays like Christmas, national holidays like here in the States, like Thanksgiving that falls at the end of November. And then our summer season here in the States runs right dab smack through the middle of the teaching year. And so how you structure classes and promotions and marketing in the States is radically different than how you need to go about it in Australia because the timeline is different. The buying mentality is different. People who in the States are looking to spend money to get kids enrolled in a December or January program, that may be completely different in Australia where it doesn't even start until the third week in January, whereas here we're back the first week in January. And so these are just some of the, again, surface level seems simple, but when you start peeling back the layers, you start looking at it, you're going, oh, this calendar thing affects everything you know when people go on holiday when they're taking vacations when parents have time off when they need um when they have discretionary spending yeah right? like and all is, of that changes that is a key component of even if you know your own market and you're like oh we we operate between this month and that month actually thinking about that when you're putting promotions out knowing when is the right time when is your client looking to buy or when are they a bit fatigued or, you know, in holiday mode or whatever. So that that's very important. I also noticed, I think it might have been a live video I saw you do. I can't even tell you. Um, might have been on Insta or something like that. Um, you talked about there was a, a heavy focus in Australia around the preschool market. Do you want to just, do you yeah. know, that little touch on that? Yeah, I do. So I did post something when we got back because it, one of the things that we, we know here in the States and we hear studio owners talk about here in the States with a lot less fervor is the idea. And, and I'm going to use the language that we heard in Australia is the importance of a feeder program, right? So if you want your studio to be successful five years from now, you need to get your littles in 
today. And you're going to have natural attrition, right? You're going to lose some of them over the years, which is why it's so important to have a really big, really robust preschool in, in kindy programs, right? Like that's going to be so unbelievably important because those dancers are going to grow up and they will age into the more advanced classes. That's going to happen naturally. We did notice a big difference where here in the States, a lot of times we'll talk with studio owners and we'll say, well, who do you want to attract? Because we always start before we ever run a marketing campaign, we always start with the business goals. What are you trying to achieve in your business? And then who do you need to help you achieve that? And we hear oftentimes, I need my high school programs are really thin. I need more dancers in my high school programs or um, my advanced competition team. I need more dancers in my advanced competition team. And we're big proponents of the fact that you cannot recruit those kids. If they're serious about dance, they want to be doing competition. They already have a dance home. Yes, there's the outside chance that someone's relocating from one state to another. But the reality is your serious dancers are going to be homegrown. And frankly, that's exactly how you want them to be. They're going to embody your culture. They're going to be able to assist the youngers. They're going to know what you're about. And that's where you really want to be, is really having that strong feeder program that then funnels up to your more advanced dancers. And in Australia, that's something you guys do really well. It's just out there in the open. Everybody understands this is the strategy. This is what we're doing. And it makes perfect sense and just to see a culture like a dance community where everybody understood that as a as a basic business principle um frankly floored us or floored me i can only speak for myself but i i was really impressed by that okay cool i love that what is the the biggest thing you're seeing at the moment um when it comes to studio owners like what are you seeing them struggling with right now like what what are your clients struggling with in in this present time so i think that the <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of year it is the biggest struggle that we see doesn't matter what kind of studio doesn't matter if it's a big studio or a small studio doesn't matter if it's specific to a general a specific style of dance or more generalized you know kind of your combo hip-hop jazz ballet it doesn't matter the biggest problem that we see is in follow-up is, or or it's just, and, and it's not even follow up is not even the right word. It's follow through, right? So a lead reaches out, someone picks up the phone and they call you. And, and we take that for granted as business owners, but that's a big deal because it means that somebody found us and then they found your number and then they inconvenience themselves to fill out a form or pick up the phone. And then we get them on the phone and we have now a responsibility, and, and that's the right word for it, a responsibility to guide them to the best choice for them. Maybe that's with our studio. Maybe it isn't. But we've got a responsibility to treat them well and to guide them to the best decision for them. What's going to be most beneficial for them and their child? What's going to help them achieve their goals as a parent, as a dancer, right? And that can be really hard to do. Uh, especially when we get into sales mode. Oh, this is a hot lead. I better sell them something. And it ultimately is a major turnoff because people like buying, no one likes to be sold, right? We've all heard that before, but it's true. And so this idea of following through, helping these parents, staying with them on the journey, becoming the guide, even if ultimately you're not the right studio home for them, 
is a really difficult idea to wrap your brain around and even more difficult to do because it's it's so nuanced and it's so based on your individual personality. So if we were in if we were coworkers in the same business together, the way that you follow through with a lead is going to be different than how I follow through with a lead just by virtue of the fact that we're different. And so it's really difficult to teach this, frankly, because there's an infinite number of possibilities. So uh, we've developed tools and some training and we have programs that our clients get to use that help them do that. We have weekly accountability calls to help them stay on top of it and where we like get unstuck together. Like, where are we getting hung up? How do we get you past this 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 hurdle? Um, but I wish it was as simple as like waving a magic wand or, you know, here's your three-step formula. And it just isn't. It's so much more nuanced than that. Yeah. And people and have a challenge. to do some work. They have to do something. Like you have to, okay, so you can have someone working for you and doing all the marketing and giving you all these leads. Like you could provide someone with a thousand leads, but unless they actually do something with them, it's completely redundant. And so follow-up is absolutely key. And I don't think I don't think follow-up is sleazy or salesy or, you know, it's like they've contacted you because they want your service. So they want to hear from you. It's not a cold call, you know. So I totally agree with that. I think, though, um, what can happen as well with studio owners, especially if they're feeling tight on resources and team is time. Mm -hmm. to follow up can take time. I mean, obviously there'd be automated processes you can use as well, but there is a personal touch in follow-up. Do you think that follow-up should be automated or it can, or it should be a personal a personal touch? Like what's your thoughts around automation follow-up versus like human contact? Yeah, so we're we're really big fans and we've like there's so many there's so many tools right now out there. I see ads every day for softwares, a lot of it targeted, truthfully, specifically at dance studios that says like, automate 80% of your follow-up. And I don't know how you could do that. Uh, I don't know how you could do that well, is, is my honest opinion. Follow-up is fundamentally a human-to-human -human interaction. Um, if you've ever called your cable company and you've been on your that automated line push one to talk to and you're like oh my god i just want to talk to a person then you too have been the you the the, the victim of bad customer service and it's entirely possible to automate bad customer service so i'm a big believer in our position here at dance motion marketing is to use automation backed follow-up meaning Let's have things ready to go. Let's have them templatized. Let's have tools that make it really easy to follow up with people at the click of a button or it's a drag and a drop and suddenly they're getting the messaging that they need to get, but not where every part of it is automated. And the, and the reason being is this, first of all, <laughs> somebody's going to go off script. As soon as you think you've got it dialed in, they're going to ask you a question, throw you a curveball, and your automation's not going to know what to do. So it's going to send something that is completely wrong off. And then how is that customer going to feel? And, and that's actually the second part is the goal here is about making customers, not selling dance. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a big difference. We're making customers. 
We're not selling dance. Sales, I'm twisting your arm. I'm getting you to buy something. Maybe you'll regret it later, but I don't care because I'm going to get mine. Sales. Making customers, how can I serve you? You know what? Actually, the studio down the block, my direct competitor is going to be a better fit for you. Let me make a phone call over there and see if they've got space for you in that class. Huge difference. Huge difference. By the way, every time I use this example, I'm you know, moving somebody away from you. But the truth is, if you show up with this attitude of service and really doing what's best for your customer, you'll never have to sell again because you'll have so many people who want to buy from you. And it's the law of reciprocity, right? So once they see that, they're going to recommend you to their friends. Even they're going to be like, oh, wow, that customer service was amazing. You know, my child wasn't the right age group or whatever, but yours is, you should go there. And so, yes, absolutely. Customer service matters. Um, you know, um, many years ago when I first started my my first studio, I remember I was doing all of it, like all the things. And it's really hard to be flying solo in a business that has so many moving pizza, pieces, not pieces, mm -hmm. though that would be nice. Um, but, yeah, like you have the teacher role, the admin role, the bookkeeper, you know, the baker, the candlestick baker, right? Yeah. So you're doing mm -hmm. it all. And... Um, and, yeah, it took me days to get back to people. This is when I first started. Now, of course, I have systems in place and, like you said, templates and processes, and I also have a customer experience manager with a different line and who manages those contacts only. And I would say that even just investing in that, a part-time assistant who just does the inquiries is so awesome because they make it back. Like if they can convert a couple of people a week They've made their salary and then plus some. So, yeah, I feel like that's been a part of it too. But definitely templates, processes, everything we use is templated. We have, you know, it's all saved in the cloud and we drag and drop, like you said. But um, there's still a personal touch to it because though we're using a template, we can tweak that template as a human. Like if someone says, oh, my kid loves to sing in the shower and, you you know, you want to acknowledge that comment and then move to the template, you know, like, you know, you want to acknowledge them as a human. So I, I agree with you that there has to be a human element. I love that. I love that. I haven't thought of it like that. There has to be a human element backed by automation. I'm going to yeah, write that down, Bryce. Because <laughs> you want, well, good thing you have a recording of it, because you want to have the repeatable systems, right? If you know... So we have we have a the, the, a line that we tell all of our customers to use. I'm going to tell you it's a, it's kind of a uh, maybe it's a secret. I don't know, but we we it comes. Oh, it's not a secret. It comes you heard from it here first, everyone. The secret sauce is coming. It's <laughs> not. I'm going to tell you where it came from. It comes from a guy and uh, Chris Voss is his name. He wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. He was a FBI or CIA, you know, hostage negotiator his entire career, and so he's learned how to get people to answer questions. And so it's a great book. It's a solid read. It's on Audible, so you can listen to it in the car. Like really, truly recommend it. And he's got this question that I started using in my life when I can't get a response from someone and it's, have you, you know, hey, first name, have you given up on insert subject here? Hey, Sandra, have you given up on dance for little Susie? Ooh, oh, just that, sticks the knife that, in and turns it off. <laughs> And the reason why it's so damn good is because I can get busy and I can give up on, you know, like forget about things. But if I see that question 
it doesn't matter if I respond to you or not, I have to answer it for myself. And if the answer is, yes, I've given up, then guess what I am? My identity is a quitter. I am a quitter. Ouch, nobody wants to do that. So by the way, full warning, if you use that, you might get some angry responses, but you'll get responses. Mm. Now that's something that we know works. So we templatize that and have built that in to the automated backend of every customer that we serve last ditch. You've called them five times. You've texted them. You've sent them all the emails. They're not responding. Time for the template. It's going to work every single time. Well, not every single time. I can't guarantee it, but it works more times than it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Point being, you want it to be there ready in exactly the right language, as concise as it could possibly be without any variation. But you want the ability to, to vary things as well, because every circumstance is slightly different. And so big fan of automation backed follow up or follow through, but you still have to have the human involved. Yeah, I love that. What's your thoughts around AI and that sort of level of automation? I mean, everyone's talking <laughs> about it. Everyone's talking about it. Um, so we've been using AI in our business for probably two years at this point. Um, we use it, we've used it to write uh, all sorts of things. We've used it to you even test out templates to see how could we word this differently and can we get different responses. So we've we've been using it quite heavily. I do think there's a place for it. I do think that it is going to make your life easier. I do think that in time it's going to be as um, ubiquitous as email, where it's just like you're going to need to know how to do it. It's just going to be another tool in the tool belt. I don't think we're there today. And truthfully, I think that I don't know that we have to rush to learn how to do it because there's tools coming online every day that just make utilizing the power of AI even easier. So I'm that's like my hot writing, take on that. I'm writing down little AI bits and I'm holding up a piece of paper for everyone listening with all my little, oh, I've got to go to Jack, chat GPT and la, la, la. And I'm like, next week, must learn AI, you know. So I'm like, oh, God, it would be so cool to, to get my head around it. And I think I'm putting more emphasis in getting started on the AI thing just because it's this new technology space that everyone's talking about, which isn't that new, but starting to be used more frequently by the general public. Um, but, yeah, I know it's really easy once you're in there, right? Like you literally just type what you want and it spits something out and eventually it gets to know you, right? Isn't that the whole thing about AI? So I am by no means an AI expert. I know that I have gotten some really dumb responses from a really <laughs> smart computer. Um, my hot take on it is that you have to learn how to give it, they call them prompts, how to give it the right prompts to get back the right feedback. And I'll be completely honest with you, 80% of the time I use AI just to get the ideas and then I go and write it myself because I like my writing better than the robots. So Yeah, totally. Totally. Do that. Do with that what you will. Yeah. Um, now, student attraction is a major part of what you do, obviously, in marketing companies. You want to bring in the people. Do you see value in the student retention side? Like how yeah. do you support people in that space as well? And, and how does that look? So this is where our business has gotten really interesting because we are not ourselves dance studio owners. Remember, we were commercial filmmakers who kind of stumbled into this world of dance studio marketing. And so for, uh, frankly, I have no good ideas of my own 
on how to do retention. That's mm -hmm. not something that I can help with. That said, we have we identified really early on that if you have crap retention, it doesn't matter how many new students you get, you're still going to end up losing. And so retention is kind of the foundation of all studio success. If you can't keep them, doesn't matter how many you get, right? It really does matter how much you how many you can keep and how long you can keep them for. That year over year return is huge. So, what we've done is we bring uh, studio owners together. We twice a week we have calls with our client community, and this is where we talk about these topics. But we're just asking the questions, and they're answering it for each other because we don't have that expertise. So uh, mm -hmm. our role there is the facilitator to just great. All right, let's talk about retention. What are you struggling with it with retention? And because we really are on the outside of it in many ways, in many ways we're insiders. In some ways we're still outsiders we can ask really dumb questions and not feel bad about it because we legitimately don't know and there's no that way that we would know but oftentimes those really ignorant naive questions are the questions that open up people's understanding to think about their own studio businesses differently yeah. so yeah. we're there to support but we're not there to advise in that regard because yeah. i'm not the expert there you are <laughs> I mean, what about when it comes to sort of like Facebook, Instagram campaigns and all these things that you guys are helping your clients with and running? Um, what do you think can make a studio stand out in what is typically a flooded online space? Yeah, so uh, we get this question a, a lot. Usually it's worded differently. Usually it's worded as... So I'm running ads, but also the studio right down the street is running ads and I want to crush them into oblivion. Can you help me with that? <laughs> and um, here's the truth. First, marketing is not magic. It is very simply a rapid process of trial and error, right? We can make a best guess when we start working with a studio. We make a best guess based on previous data sets, based on our experience and anecdotes and stories about what we think will work, but we don't actually know. And that's scary to admit, but that's the truth. Now we'll throw out our best guess and then we'll test it again and again and again in rapid succession until we find what works. So where does that sort of leave us in like, how do you stand out? Um, honestly, one, just test and test and test. And two, and this is important, be you. Like, don't try to sound like what you think you should sound like or exactly what you've seen, like copy and paste somebody else's marketing or their strategy. That's inauthentic. That's not you. Uh, be you. Whatever you is, whatever you are, whatever your uniqueness is, that's what you should be. Mm -hmm. And lead with that. Have you seen any great successes through your clients that you could share a story or even sometimes when it doesn't work out, when they're being inauthentic or pushing that agenda, like any stories you could share? Oh, there's so many stories we can share. Like the first one that comes to mind, we tell it a lot, is uh, one of our first really big success stories. Uh, Alicia is a studio owner here in the States. She had 115 dancers when we met her. Her goal was... 150, I think. 
And 16 months later, she has 500 dancers in her program. Massive raging success, right? Um, There's another studio, Kelly, she worked with uh, one of our direct competitors for a year, took her six months to get their first ads online, wasn't really happy with it, came to us, 17 leads in the first three days. Uh, Lisa in California, they had 60 dancers when we met them. We started working together six weeks later. They had 120 in a month and a half. They doubled their studio. They've doubled it again, basically, since we've talked to them. And now they're on a quest for global expansion, right? So there's so many stories of success along the way. Um, My favorite right now is Adrian, who is a studio owner in Utah here in the States. And when when she came to us, she had seven dancers, seven, like, and I, and I thought when we were talking, she's like, yeah, I have like, I'm like, how many dancers do you have? She's like six, seven. And I'm thinking in my head, a hundred, right? Yeah. I'm going, oh, this is a big studio. And she says, no, no, I have seven dancers, like seven. And it kind of gave us truthfully, like a moment to a moment of pause. Like, is this even a wise decision for you to make this investment in your studio at this point? And she was honest. She goes, I don't know. I don't know. And so we talked about it. We had a really honest conversation. She went back. She talked with her partner. And um, they just, he, he and she, they decided to move forward together to make it go. She's growing her business. She's meeting her quarterly goals. She's happy with her growth. It's paying off. Like Those are the stories that I love because they're real, like they're not hyped up. It's just, it works. It just bloody works when you put it all in place. And is it mainly that, like what what is it that makes it work? Is it Facebook campaigns, Instagram campaigns? Like how are you, how are you contributing to that success? It's everything. It's so all of your success in a marketing campaign begins with a great offer. If you don't have a great offer, you're toast. It doesn't matter how much good marketing you throw at a bad offer. It's not going to move the needle. You've got to have a great offer and a great offer. Simply put is something that is easy to say yes to. It's easy to understand. It's low risk for mom. And it's low commitment, right? So if you say, Hey, we want to sign you up for 52 weeks of dance they're going no or it's like we're going to sign you up for 52 weeks of dance and you have to pay all of it today good luck like it's possible we know studios who that do that honestly and some of them do it quite successfully you just have to have a really good salesperson on your staff and now you want to you want to for something for someone to want to invest that far ahead you want to reduce the not the quality but let's say you know, like there are people who sell and there's the rest of us, right? And if you want to get by and be successful with the rest of us, then you need a really great offer. Mm-hmm. Easy to say yes to, low risk, low commitment, right? That's really it. After that, it's the it's the outreach, the attraction, it's the advertising, it's Facebook ads, it's the Instagram ads. After that, it's the follow through. Again, because you have a great offer and you get a lot of leads, but you don't follow up with them and they don't know how to take the next step. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great your offer is. It doesn't matter how great your advertising is. That follow through matters. And then finally, once you get them in the front door of your studio, it's knowing how to ask for the sale. And the number of times that studio owners 
will do everything right. And they'll come to us to say, oh, we're doing everything right. We have this great offer. We have someone on our staff who's doing the advertising. We're really good at getting them in for the trials. I'm like, so what's the problem? You're doing everything right. They're not signing up. Tell me what happens at the end of a of, at the end of a trial. They say, "Great, we'll see you next time." Oh, like, no, okay. no. Like, you have to know how to ask for the sale and when and how, and that's a whole part of it. And when you learn all of those parts—a great offer, the attraction, the follow through, the sale—now you have a machine. Yeah, and you and can just grow. Simple as this is something I want to just come back to because this really, this is really simple. It can be as easy as when they finish the class, say, "How did you go?" Would you like to come back next week? That's it. And then they'll go, oh, yes, I would. Great. Boom, let's do it. You know, let's sign you up. That's it. But it's it's just asking that question, hey, how did you go? Would you like to come back next week? And, yeah, it's that question. And sometimes they're going to walk away and go, we have to think about it. Uh, some fun. people, though, I find a lot of people actually sign up on the spot with that question. If we didn't ask the question, we just went, okay, thanks for coming. We'll be in touch. And then, yeah, they start to, you know, get cold feet and all things. But sometimes if you just grab them in the moment, ask, moment, ask the question, 50% of them will just say yes on the spot because their kid's happy, they've walked out of the room, they're in the energy, the room, the environment. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, sure, let's do it. And then the other 50% that say I have to think about it, that's when you go, right, now our process is, you know, within 24 hours or within 48 hours they'll get a call from our, our team. They'll get an email follow-up. If they don't answer to that, we send them a text message, like whatever. But, yeah, there needs to be processes in place 100%. And asking for the sale, again, not sleazy. They were there because they wanted to be, you know. Correct. Again, so I see this again. If they're a good fit for your studio, you have an obligation to ask for the sale because they don't know what comes next. Yeah, totally. You do. So this is the equivalent of going to a fine dining restaurant. You walk in, you're seated by the host or the hostess, you're at your table, the server comes by and says, great, would you like to place your order? And you realize in that moment that you've never received an, a menu. You have no idea what they even serve at this place. And that has happened actually before. There you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can you possibly commit to something if you don't even know what's on the menu, right? And so this is very simply where, again, the, let's put ourselves in their shoes. They found you, mm -hmm. whether it was through a Facebook ad or they found you through your website, they found you, they reached out, they scheduled a call, they drove across town in the spitting rain to get their you know six-year-old to a trial class with their 18-month-old in the back seat screaming with an ear infection. They walked into a new environment, which may not be a big thing for you, but is a big thing for a lot of people. And they've done all of that. They've done 90% of the work. How dare you let them walk out without asking them for if they'd like to go on the next step of the journey? Yeah. And sure. I honestly feel that passionately about it. Yeah. I love that. I feel passionate about it too, Bryce. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. I'm all about asking for the sale. And it's hard when you're a creative person. A lot of people in the arts are not, they don't see themselves as business owners or, or you know, salespeople, but it is a sale. It, it is a business. And, and you've got to just be realistic about that step in the process. You can't exist unless there are students in the room. You have to ask them 
you know, to come back and follow the process and sign them up. So I'm with you. Now, what advice would you give to studio owners looking to expand their reach and increase student numbers? Like if there was the one thing, like what can you do, the first step, the one thing you should do? I'm handing over to you, Bryce. What is it? Tell us. What's the magical solution? You want more students Um, in the room. What's the first thing you should do? So that's tough. That's a tough one to answer just because every studio is coming to it differently, right? So mm-hmm. let's say that you're a studio that has really good organic reach already, or your word of mouth is just bulletproof, right? It's just so good. Or you've got a, a built-in referral network. And so you have a lot of leads, but maybe they're not converting, right? Uh, we're going to talk about sales first. We're going to talk about learning how to close the deal first. That's going to be the first most important thing for you. If you get a lot of people reaching out for inquiries, but they're not actually coming through the front door to give you a fair shot, then we need to talk about your follow-through process first. That's going to be your most important step. If you're getting lost in the weeds and you hear people and you will, and it's if, if you're like me, it's a knife through the heart when you do, when you explain your program to someone who's standing in front of you and they say, oh, so you're just like this other program down the way, then you need to start with your offer. And if you just don't have anybody who's coming to you at all, then it's probably a combination of starting with your offer, but then very quickly looking at your attraction system, mm. Facebook, Instagram. And so there is no one thing because studios show up in very different places. There's no one size fits all. Uh, It would be really easy if there were. But at the end of the day, it really does just boil boil down to what does your specific studio need? And hopefully my hope is that just listening to this conversation today, you're starting to listen to those four buckets, offer, attraction, follow through and sale. And you may be able to diagnose for yourself where you are and where you have a gap and wherever you have the biggest gap, Start there, plug the biggest hole in your boat first, and then move on to the little leaks. Yeah, and I'm hearing that common thread in what you just said, which is you need to actually identify where the issue is. So that's the first step. Well, there it is. It is in your business and then go for that, essentially. You know, like you you said it it better than I could have. What, What is it that you want? What is it that you need? Identify that and then you can start to create a strategy around what you need and desire, essentially. I think I'm going to steal that and use that from here on out. <laughs> there you go. really good. There you go. Common thread. And that is the first step. I love it. Take that, chat GPT. <laughs> Take that. That's what I'm say. Chat GPT. Say, so got written down on the paper so I don't forget. Like a, like a nana, i got to write these AI companies down so I don't forget. Um, okay, before we, we wrap up, I, I just want to ask you a couple of personal questions. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. Who or what okay. inspires you? So who or what inspires you? You know, honestly, our this is going to sound super cheesy. And I apologize in advance. Our customers, the studios that we work with, blow me away, blow me away. The creativity, the passion, the effort, uh, the hours, the hours that get put into 
not only running the studio side of things, but then investing in their staff and investing in the kids. It's just really humbling to me, honestly, to work with people who care so much about an art form, but also those that they serve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes us better every day. Yeah, I love that. And it is, it's a very community-based business. You know, you, you're, you're there for the, the people. That's what it's all about. Um, so yeah. what's next for you guys at, you know, Dance Motion Marketing? What's next for you, Christian? Anything coming up that you want to share? Uh, on a personal note or business-wise or That's all of it? All of it. I mean, if you're getting married, <laughs> let us know, but on a business. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I did that already. What's coming next? Yeah, so uh, for us right now, we've we've actually coming off Australia. We've actually hit the pause button on a lot of things because we are very uh, we're adamant about the work that we do, about always delivering at the highest quality and making sure that we have the staff and the manpower in place to serve our existing customers at the highest level. So for us, we're taking a bit of a breather in one sense, and also just working now to onboard our new Australia. Um, cohort, which we're really, really excited about. Um, And just kind of looking ahead, August, we've got another big conference here in the States, which we're super pumped about. And um, I ask what conference that is, I'd love to know. You can, it's the Energize Conference in, it's held in Chicago this year. Uh, And it is really, really something that we're super excited about. Uh, we love the, the the organizers. It's a great, uh, great team. It's the team that uh, runs Revolution Dancewear. So you've probably seen and heard yeah. them before, uh, Jill and Suzanne, and they're they're an awesome team. And so we're yeah we're gonna be in, in, energized and, and we're energized about it. We're really really excited. So, so cool. if you happen to be stateside or you're an Aussie and you're looking for a vacation, I will yeah, buy yeah. you uh, pizza or because yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago is deep dish. So I'll buy you pizza and beer and we'll <laughs> we'll do the thing. Um, but I would love to know if you're coming to energize and we'd love to hook up. It'd be great. Yeah, I, I'm always interested in what's going on. Um, you know, not just in Australia, but outside as well because uh, obviously you know I have coaching services and I like to reach out to a, a larger community so I, I love that that's awesome uh, and it's important I think to take a beat when you do have an influx of clients coming through the door which is what I'm assuming you're saying has happened when you've come to Australia which is yeah. a beautiful thing um, because you want to serve those people well you know um, yeah and that's what I do like after I do a course launch or whatever like I take a beat always because I want to make sure that I'm, I've just did, done all this beautiful work to, to bring in these, you know, these new faces and now I want to just love them up, you know, like I want to give them everything they need, make sure they're taken care of and then we can start to, to move again. So I, I completely respect that and I think it's so important for customer care to give them that, that, that moment, you know. Um, so Absolutely. if people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Yeah. So, um, you can find us on the web at dancemotionmarketing.com. That's going to be very, you know, it's a website. It's going to be what you'd expect it to be. Um, if you want, if you're looking for something that's a little more personal and you're on Facebook, we have a free community. It's called the dance business. Wait, hold on. The dance studio business accelerator. Dance Studio Business Accelerator. Just type that in 
to Facebook, it'll pop up. We'd love to admit you. It's for studio owners only. We don't allow anybody else in there. And it is not a spammy, promoting community at all. It really is just about building relationships, creating content, uh, and doing what we can to further the education of studio owners as entrepreneurs. And um, we're really, we love the work that we do is the bottom line. Awesome. And I'll pop those links in the show notes for everyone listening as well if you want to check them out. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was my absolute, absolute pleasure. All right. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. And I might see you again at in person somewhere and an expo around the world. I'm oh, sure. definitely. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, Rick. I don't know if we're still recording, but we'll, we're definitely coming back to the DTE next year. We've already given a verbal commitment, so we'll be back for that. Love it. And probably in between now and then too. All right. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. It's a pleasure. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.